0: Hey there, and welcome to What Happens Next with Ben and Philip. I'm Ben. I'm Philip. And, mate, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind for a while. It relates to turning 40. Jeez. Has that already happened to you? Yeah, or? it has.
1: Jeez. It has. You wouldn't pick it, honestly. You would not pick it. Mate, your generosity is
0: appreciated. I mean, I know you got those glasses not long ago, but you're still looking pretty good. Well... I think if you're going to get glasses at any point in history, getting glasses in the era of hipster is the best time to get them. Yeah. Like, if anything, you want glasses.
1: And having glasses when you have a naturally occurring
0: beard, as you do, is also a very nice combination. See, if I'd had glasses when I was a kid in the 60s, like in Wonder Years, remember that kid who was a best friend of the lead character? Paul Pfeiffer. Exactly. If I was Paul Pfeiffer back then, punished. 2017, love and life. Do you remember there was an urban myth when we were in high school that Marilyn
1: Manson was the kid that played Paul Pfeiffer in the Wonder Years? I do, I do, I do.
0: <laughs> Turned out that that was not the case. Speaking of Paul Pfeiffer, Paul Pfeiffer actually went on to become a New York lawyer. The guy that played Paul Pfeiffer or? No, the guy that played him in real life. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not the character in like
1: the one he is, <laughs> yeah. not in, not the one my, years, 20 years later. Yeah.
0: Not in my web series fictional spin-off <laughs> I've created by myself yeah.
1: over the last 20 years
0: yeah. with mainly
1: unreleased episodes. No, not that. And when Fred Savage and Winnie Cooper have the big role in the hay of the key episode, you know, they have a child and then he has his own series and- he later invests his money with the Paul Pfeiffer character or something. Well,
0: I think we've actually done spin-offs already of those types of shows. There was that one called The Goldbergs, that was essentially a American network TV version like the Wonder Years said in the eighties. And apparently, I think it was How I Met Your Mother, that whole voiceover thing was inspired by Daniel Stern's voiceover that defined the Wonder Years.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Interesting.
0: Anyway, getting older, you start looking back at what you've achieved and looking forward at what you still can achieve. Yeah. It's a good time in life, for better or worse. So, I was thinking something that I think, I reckon one in five people, mainly men, think this once they get past 30. And that is, okay, if I trained really, really hard for the next three to four years- What Olympic sport could I possibly get into to represent my country and how realistic is that? So, what happens next if we seriously put our minds to it, not as a little sort of daydream whilst waiting for a takeaway coffee at lunchtime, but totally seriously, if you and I put our minds together, the brains trust, what do you reckon is the one sport and if this includes the Winter Olympics, that if we start training right now for the next Olympics, which are being held where? So Russia? Russia. All right. We <laughs> were so excited already, aren't we? <laughs> I,
1: think, I think they recently announced that people are so disinterested in the Olympics these days, unfortunately, that they just announced that LA and Paris are going to host the next two Olympics after the ones that are already decided. And they just sort of went, who wants it first, LA or Paris? And they sort of went, oh, are we happy to have the first one? And so, they went, okay, Paris, you can have 2022 or whatever. And they went, okay, LA, you can have 2026. They were like the only two people who were cities that were actually remotely interested in having them. That's kind of how it all went down. We remember well when the 2000 Olympics, it was like national holidays, like party time. Like, oh my God, I can't believe in 15 years time, we're going to have the Olympics. And then- This is now, it's just like,
0: oh, yeah, well, who wants it? Oh, you want it? Okay, yeah you can have it. All right, let's segue for a second. Let's double up. Let's park ourselves in here because that's a good point. The Olympics were, at a time, something that was just an event, Mm. yet- Despite sport being so valuable right now because sport can't be pirated, it's one of the few things that has an immediacy. And every season, it starts again. It's a total reboot and it's endless. It's like the Game of Thrones without an ending. And every season is a chance of redemption to win the flag, win the trophy, win the tournament for whatever sport you're in. But weirdly, the Olympics, which essentially everyone's got blue balls for four years- and there's this huge pent-up tension for something that happens so infrequently. Yeah. It has just died away. It was the free-to-air, the broadcaster's event of choice. It and- was,
1: It was. yeah. They would have just carved that in stone into their budgets and gone, yep, at least we've got the Olympics in four years' time. We'll chalk up another $100 million profit that year or whatever. Yeah. I think last week's one of our networks was like writing down money that, they, that they've already bid on the next Olympics as a total write-off, knowing they're never going to recoup it with ad sales.
0: And I think as well, like some of those other major sporting events like in Australia, the Australian Open, where they would use that as a platform to advertise their upcoming programs yep. in peak season – Which
1: shits me to tears no end. But anyway, go on. No, you go.
0: I can't watch the Australian Open anymore.
1: I just can't stand it. And it just goes for two weeks. It's appalling.
0: I always wondered with Australian coverage of the tennis because you're essentially setting up a mini company to cover one event for a short time, unlike a regular sport like, for example, Aussie Rules or League or Union where – you know it's on every season and lasts for months and months and months. Something like a tennis tournament's only two weeks, so it's a lot of setup for a very short event. I've always wondered: people like Jim Courier and John McEnroe, who are commentators, and those courtside guys that get a lot of sort of one-on-one time after a match with the players—are they agents that just get hired for that job and go work for? ESPN in the States and so on. Yeah. And they would actually probably be working for
1: an American network during the Australian Open as well. So, they'd commentate for a match involving an Australian, which is a big prompt. Like, then if Tomek was playing on centre court at 7.30 at night, they'd commentate on that match. But then, you know, if Serena was playing the next day, they'd commentate on that for ESPN in America or something. And so, they're getting paid by both networks to be available during the whole tournament.
0: I've got to say they're the consummate professionals in that case because they always have some banter and rapport with the commentators, and it makes you think that they are only serving the master of say the Australian broadcaster. But if they're doing the ESPN or another broadcaster in the states in the same tournament and doing the same witty banter, that's pretty good of them.
1: Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm. I think McEnroe definitely would be doing the American as well as the Australian, but. I just can't imagine a curry would come all the way down here just to do. I know particularly for our cricket-loving audience, of which I'm sure most of the world are, for example, the, if there's an English cricket team is down here next year for the Ashes. So the guys who normally commentate for the BBC in London for the English cricket, they'll come down here with the BBC. They'll do like a stint on the ABC radio, and then they'll go back into the British box and do the British radio. So, they do like 20 minutes in each or something.
0: Yeah, I think Richie Benno, who we always associated, rest in peace, as the definitive Australian commentator, none of us realised that he then spent half his year in the UK doing exactly the same thing. Yeah.
1: And just on that, like, they did try that with the cricket where they tried to get the cricket commentators to – talk up, you know, some new show that was going to be on, and people just rebelled against it. I mean, I think they still do it to a certain degree, but particularly with some of the more respected commentators like Richie, people just couldn't take to him
0: fucking some crappy show that was going to be on
1: after the cricket.
0: I think it also comes down to the reputation of the commentator and their age. If you had someone like Richie Benno reading a plug for, say, The Bachelor or something or Restaurant Rules, he would sound like the guy in the orange jumpsuit about to be beheaded, reading from the you know auto cue yeah. on some sort of terrorist video. It would sound so forced, and often did sound forced. Was well, when the younger guys like Slates, Slater, or Michael Clark and those types of guys, at least they were of a two generations below who were probably closer to the demographic, and they probably those they probably would watch the Block or
1: some flog of a show like that. But you know, you watch the U.S. Masters, and the commentators whisper about in Connor and Otto Palmer and Jack Nicholas. Then I go, and don't forget when the Masters is all over, we got this new show starting on NBC. It's just like, really? Of course, they wouldn't do that. It's a shame. But anyway, I mean, I know, I know, it's all going to be paid for somehow. But anyway, getting back to the Olympics. All right.
0: So, getting back to uh, the Olympic Games. I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting older, if we applied ourselves, tell me this, what happens next if we want to try and apply ourselves to get into the next Olympic Games in three years from now? What sports do you reckon us middle-aged characters could get into? Team sports or single sports, doesn't matter. I'd prefer to say summer games because there's more prestige with the summer games, but you know, cool runnings, those crazy Jamaicans who've gone to the bobsled in the Winter Games gives validity to a Winter Games gold medal. So, we can go for those as well. But what sports come to mind that you and I, individually or collectively, could possibly get into if we applied ourselves after work between family (laughs) responsibilities in the next three years? I think we can do this
1: by a process of elimination. From my perspective, track and field is out. Not
0: particularly fast, not great at stamina. Hang on, hang on. Let's not rule that too quickly. So, we can't do yeah. running. We can't do short distance or long distance. I agree. Not to an Olympic standard. We can't do <laughs> any jumping or throwing. Throwing. Go on. Okay. So, basically anything in an arena. I think track
1: and field is gone. All right. Okay. Moving on. Swimming. Gone. Not interested anyway, but gone. We'll come back to swimming. Agree. you got to look at the sports where you have older competitors and that brings you to sailing, it brings you to equestrian and that brings you to shooting and archery. Archery, yes, but not as old as you would think. I think they're actually quite young. Equestrian is difficult because you need a horse and you need, I assume, some sort of history of being able to ride one. A saddle. You need a saddle. You need shoes for the horse. Your own shoes, your own saddle.
0: Yeah. Possibly a helmet. Yeah. Tight pants, white pants. I'm
1: sure we've all driven down the freeway past a slightly muddy Range Rover with a horse float on the back and the ubiquitous bumper sticker saying poverty is owning a horse. So, I think for most of us that probably rules that one out. (laughs) So, I'm thinking sailing- Again, you need a boat, you need access to water, you need access to wind. Although there was an Australian
0: guy who won a gold medal for being on a laser, I think, one of those one-man, one-person boats. Hmm. So, conceivably, we could move to Canberra to the AIS and work out on Lake Billy Griffin. Definitely. I think sailing is doable,
1: definitely doable. But, again, time is of the essence. Okay. Hang on. We haven't gone through BMXs. Yeah, that along with um, beach volleyball is probably out. Skateboarding is going to be- Any other novelty sports you want to talk about?
0: (laughs) Well, skateboarding is joining the games next time, but I think we're going to rule that out. Do you know what other bullshit sport is joining the Olympics? Can I guess? Or give me a clue.
1: I'm just going to tell you. You won't get it. Three on three basketball.
0: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like street basketball, basically.
1: Yeah. On a half court. You don't play end to end. You just kick it back past the three-point line and then like you're playing in someone's backyard.
0: That's like bringing in British Bull Rush or Touch Footy. Yeah. Actually, I think Touch Footy- No, rugby has joined, hasn't (laughs) it? (laughs) Rugby Sevens was in Brazil. Yeah. So, has Touch Football or Flag Football joined? No. How about
1: lacrosse? No. Frisbee? I think it has been at one point, but it's no longer an Olympic sport. Paper (laughs) airplanes. I mean, exactly. Rock, scissors, paper will be the next one. But can you believe three-on-three basketball? And they just this summer in America started a a nationally televised three-on-three basketball league. And they've got quite a lot of old NBA players playing. It's promoted by Ice
0: Cube. He's like the governor or the chairman of the league. Hang on. Why waste your time with Ice Cube when you use Larry Bird? A tall, dopey, white guy with a paunch. Surely he's a better role model, right?
1: (laughs) He is. He is, but he, I think he's too busy running the Indiana Pacers. But I've watched some of this three on three and it is, it's unwatchable. Like it is just like, as you said, paunchy old guys with headbands trying to back into a defender and then just like putting up a shot and missing. It's like, why do I want to watch all these old guys missing shot after shot after shot when I can watch the NBA and just see guys getting eight out of 10 of them in? Anyway. We digressing, but do you know what other sports you think you might be capable of making a run at?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's a sports where you can see older players because that indicates that we could be focusing on perhaps the skill of eyesight or focus not on muscle strength or agility. Not that those sports like, for example, riding don't involve any physicality, but I'm saying that isn't the same as requiring the- what they call the fast twitch muscle required to do yeah. run against Usain Bolt in 100 metres. Yeah. So, the sports I've got in mind are actually more in the school of cool runnings and their winter sports, like curling. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely um, an all-ages sport. So, the idea of basically going to the local ice hockey rink or the ice skating rink, getting a broom. I know it sounds really disparaging, but you get me. Getting a broom and a- and that little weird kind of, it's like an old-fashioned iron they use to push it. It's a big piece of polished granite with a handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the idea of basically just a few days a week, practising using a broom really quickly. Now, the thing is though, I was yakking to a mate who has worked in some capacity for the Olympics and he said that it's a bit like the soccer for the World Cup is that- they don't assign as many places based on population or geography, so you can't just be the best curler in Australia. You've got to still make a certain top twenty in the world. Otherwise, for example, some tiny little country like is it Liechtenstein or something like that, they could make Le- the 100- 100- yeah could yeah. make the hundred meters sprint yeah because you're the best sprinter out of. 500,000 people. Yeah.
1: So, like in track and field, you've got to run an Olympic qualifying time. In curling, I assume you have to have, you must be ranked at a certain level in the world or have, there's probably like a pre Olympic curl off. You've got to curl a few off pre the Olympics.
0: It's like a hand job, reach around, curl off scenario. He also said the other sport that you could possibly go for, it isn't the Eddie the Eagle crazy jumping. It's, Either the cool runnings version, which is the feet first down the uh, luge, yeah, the luge, but there's a oh. the one which is the head first, skillion, yeah. And you're basically on a what appears to be a giant frisbee. And if you're going at say 100 kilometers per hour or what 60 miles per hour down hard concrete like ice, I'm thinking I'd prefer to go feet first rather than head first. Shh. Chit-chit. Scales are bad, but I'm thinking that feet first is- it's At least of- you can see where you're going and you're a bit further away at a point of impact. Yeah, and you can use your feet to stop yourself or slow you down a little bit. You don't use your chin, which you do on the other one. <laughs> well, this mate of mine was saying that there was actually a guy, I can't recall which country, it could have been the UK, who had this kind of idea like, oh, I'm just a tubby guy living in East Sussex, you know, in the UK, I'm going to try exactly this. Eddie the Eagles style. What sport is most accessible to a middle-aged chubby guy like me? And he got in based on the skillion? Is that what it's called? I think it's something like that. Skillion. It's the reverse of Lucia. You're face down, head first. So you're on more of a round piece of metal, yeah. like an upside-down UFO Opposed to being on like a bobsled,
1: yeah, the luge is more like a toboggan with sort of rails, like metal rails that you sort of that sort of carve through the ice a bit. Whereas the bobsled is like a capsule on skates, and the skillion is, uh, according to you, it's like a just a plastic garbage bin lid, is it? Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, you need some big kahunas, I reckon. Well, I said to him, look, I have this recollection I've seen over the decades, people playing bowls. And I know that every sport is competitive. I know they are experts in it. And I always recall these guys who are the young whippersnappers. And when I say young and whippersnapper, I mean someone who who's only half bald in their 40s, who was up against the 60-plus-year-olds in bowls. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe bowls. I mean, for fuck's sake, that's a sport that involves kneeling and gently rolling. I know there isn't the aiming and feeling the weight of the bowl in your hand, yada, yada. But I thought, with enough application, maybe we could do that. But my memory is totally flawed, is that apparently bowls are only part of the Commonwealth Games. Yep. So, weirdly, it's more popular than BMXing, and I would have thought more people who play bowls are more likely, as an older demographic, to watch the Olympic Games with bowling than BMXing or skateboarding. But weirdly, those, quote, trendy, unquote, what do you call them, you know, I'm even trying to find my words, those um, high-risk kind of street sports, mm. Had Ec- more credibility, X Games sort of stuff. Exactly, X Games stuff had more credibility with <laughs> the Olympic Committee than the old fogy stuff. How about netball? Netball isn't part of the Olympic Games. Nah, no.
1: so so bowls and bowls and netball are yeah they're Commonwealth sports. So they're a bit
0: West Indies, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, England. It's about it really. So it's kind of like cricket. So that's weird because. I would have thought bowls could be a sport that's accessible, like soccer, but for the old demographic. But maybe is that why all the Americans play ten-pin bowling? Exactly. There's no lawn bowls in America, and that and I think that goes a long way to why there's no lawn bowls in the Olympics. That makes sense because every single sitcom I've watched over the years, or some sort of broadcast drama, no one ever plays bowls. They might go ten-pin bowling, but never bowls. Like Homer Simpson, for example, would do ten-pin bowling.
1: And then your European winter sport version of bowling is curling because it's ice, not grass. Yeah. So that brings us back to summer games. I'm thinking, I'm thinking shooting. I mean, don't drink too much coffee. Ease off the booze. Keep a steady nerve. Hold your hand still. Squeeze the trigger. How high can it be? I
0: oh, know. If you're to breathe out while you squeeze the trigger. Yeah. And also in your other hand, maybe consider like just gently rubbing your dog tags. In one hand, like Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> still, how hard could it be with enough training? I feel more comfortable in doing that, but not the one where they shoot the clay pigeon. No.
1: So it'd be the still the non-moving target one.
0: Yeah. With a pistol. Yeah.
1: yeah. Pistol they- shooting with either a, a rifle, and they have those glasses where they've got like a flap down over one yeah. eye. They don't have to squint one eye. They give you a they give you a hand. Actually, what they do. They have a cap, and on the peak of the cap, there's like a flap hanging down that sort of blocks out everything but the target.
0: That's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Ian Thorpe of the long sort of ankle to the uh, wrist swimming suit. It's a cheat. It's for people who can't quite squint. Yeah. They've got the little uh, kind of Captain Sparrow pirate patch. There are actually two sets of world records for shooting one with the flap.
1: So, that's got the asterisk next to it, the flap. And then there's non-flap, which is
0: for the purists. Yeah, I'd probably be a a flappy.
1: (laughs) You take whatever
0: assistance you can get. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Coming in cold at the age of 40. Hey, speaking of which, uh, Segway man, did you hear about the the sniper recently? I think it was in Iraq, wasn't it? Although it could have been somewhere else, which sounds incredibly ignorant. I think he's British and he set the world record almost by an extra 30% by- Killing a guy from like two point six kilometers away, which was so far that you have to not only account for wind but the curvature of the Earth. For some reason,
1: that rings a bell, and I've got a feeling he was Canadian.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I'll look it up. Okay, and his
1: name wasn't Mark Wahlberg. For those of you who are fans of the great movie Shooter from two
0: thousand and seven, or the other Mark Wahlberg war film where he got stranded as a sniper <laughs> three on three kings. No, no. Actually, he's been in quite a few war movies. I'm talking about Shooter The Sh- Shooter. Yeah, The Shooter, which is also a Ryan rightfully <coughs> TV show. Yeah, that's even better. But there was also that movie he was in where the four of them, based on a true life story, were kind of dug out on a cliffside. Oh, I haven't seen that. Really? I thought it's in all of Mark's work. No, no, I'll find that in a sec. Have you seen Transformers? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay. For the first one. You're not is missing it, much. Is from that the
1: one with, hang on. Is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, is he in the Shalabuf? Do you Lebuf or Lebuff? Le I think.
0: How gets you the world record for the snipers? So the Canadian sniper was shatters Canadian. the world record yeah. back in June 2017. What do you guess was the distance he shot at? Apparently, it was a head kill shot, taking out the two point four kilometers. But how did his spotter? Up- oh, no, whatever- it wasn't. Get this, it was three point four five three and a half fucking kilometres, and the bullet took 10 seconds to reach its target. And the preceding record was similar to what you said, which was by a Brit who shot a a Taliban gunner in 2009. That was almost 2.5 kilometres away. So, this guy broke the record by a kilometre.
1: How was it a confirmed headshot? Did the- spotter or whatever his assistant's name is who gives him the wind direction and everything, did he have it through some sort of telescope or something?
0: Yes. They always have the person who does the measurements, provides the wind and whatever, which is kind of a bit unfair because based on that, isn't the guy pulling the trigger just breathing out slowly and squeezing? If the other guy is the one saying wind this, earth curvature that. It's really a team effort. Yeah, I mean, I suppose a sniper basically has to adjust accordingly and use his own intuition or perspective and take that into consideration. It's like a, a rally driver with a co-driver
1: telling him what the next corner is and what gear to take it at,
0: and what the degree
1: of apex or whatever it is on the corner.
0: and A very sophisticated use of the word apex. <laughs> yeah. So, back to our games- I'm looking at curling, I think.
1: Yeah. Summer games, I think track and field's gone, swimming gone, team sports. So, you got under 23 soccer slash football, volleyball, European handball, weightlifting, boxing, judo, karate, all those ones. Fencing, maybe. Probably not. You need pretty quick reflexes and as you get older, they die off. Gymnastics, definitely not. Boxing, No. And what are you left with? It's those sort of random outdoor sports that you never really see. Oh, sorry, cycling. So, you've got velodrome and r- the road cycling. No. Shall I read
0: them out to you and you can just rule them out really quickly? Diving. Definitely not. Marathon swimming. No. Swimming. No. Synchronised swimming. No. Water polo. No. <laughs> Three-on-three basketball. Regular basketball. T- told you. Canoe, kayak, canoe, kayak. BMX, BMX, mountain biking, road cycling, track cycling, artistic, rhythmic or trampoline. No, no, Uh, Trampoline.
1: Is that an Olympic sport? Yep. I wish I'd known
0: that when I was five. Maybe trampoline.
1: (laughs) Maybe trampoline. (laughs) We're not going back to when you were five.
0: (laughs) Volleyball. I did trampoline without that soft cock padding on the side. Exactly. I I was like real deal.
1: No wonder we're not going to have any bloody gold medals in 20 years' time because no kids have proper trampolines anymore. They've all got those big nets around them. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Hard
0: enough. Volleyball, indoor and outdoor, as in beach, no. Equestrian, dressage, eventing and jumping. I think dressage. I reckon it's doable. I think- Because it's all about the horse. The horse. And if, like, we get a horse to, like, cross its legs in a seductive, flirtatious manner and we can kind of- hoist our head high and angle our spine. I could be wrong, but I think
1: generally you don't just enter the dressage. You don't just go to the Olympics for dressage and that's it. You don't take- You multitask. Rocky all the way to Rio. You don't just throw right hooks. You play the whole game. You I think I think you, you uppercuts, do- uppercuts. left, I think general- jabs. I could stand corrected here, but I think that generally your jumpers also do your dressage. Okay. So, you've got to be- a, I think if dressage is a one-off, if we could get in- if we got just the best horse that was all pre-trained and all we had to do was say, giddy up boy right. or whoa, whoa, or something like that. And then I think we could, I think we could probably do it okay. with a bit of training. Freestyle wrestling, Greco-Roman <laughs> West wrestling. No, thanks. Archery, no. I don't want to put in the time with the other dudes <laughs> crutching my face. <laughs> Just just rolling around ball sacks at lunchtime.
0: Yeah, athletics.
1: Just non-stop badminton, te- non-stop tea bags,
0: baseball, boxing, fencing, hockey, football, golf. I think European handball. Hang on, golf. No golf. I think you're up against people who, like Tiger Woods style, have been uh, practicing s- c-
1: since they were two. I'll come back to that.
0: Also, you'll choose a sport that's less popular in Australia as well. Yeah. So, What can we exceed at in Australia? And benefit from support. So, handball's here. I'm putting handball down as a possibility, European handball. Those guys have been playing that for their whole life. It's like a team sport. Yeah. Judo, karate, pentathlon, rowing, rugby sevens, sailing, shooting, skateboarding, softball. Skateboarding? What sort of skateboarding is it? I think it might be- Like vert vert ramp? Is that like a half pipe or- Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Softball, sport climbing, surfing, table tennis. What's that? Rock climbing? Rock climbing. Is this an X olympics Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Table tennis, taekwondo, tennis, triathlon, weightlifting. Hang on. I see opportunities here. Here we go. You ready? Equestrian vaulting, field handball. What's field handball?
1: Is that like keepings off?
0: (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Okay. Pasquette pelota.
1: What the fuck is that? Where are the next Olympics? There must be some sort of local sport. Yeah. Croquet?
0: Croquet? Okay, croquet. That's doable. Okay, croquet we could do. That is definitely doable. Okay, so we've got croquet, dressage, and- That's going to be a
1: one-off though. For shooting. Just- we've I co- feel confident. with croquet. That only croquet. gives a three-year three window for the
0: next Olympics. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I fucked up. This is discontinued summer sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Page two on the Wikipedia. So, weirdly, though, equestrian vaulting was
1: discontinued. But what's equestrian vaulting? Like long distance jumping with a horse. I think it's
0: like hurdling on a horse. Like jumping a lake, like a little pond. Yeah. Jumping bodies of water. So, handball's been cancelled. So, has rugby, cricket's been cancelled. So, has croquet, so has lacrosse, polo, rackets, roquet, tug of war. Oh, that would have been great. Tug of war, I love that. Okay, get this. Figure skating has been cancelled, but I assume that's because it's now- A winter sport only? And ice hockey's been cancelled, I assume, the same reason. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us back to shooting. I mean, I think oh, we should- Oh, hang on. There are demonstration sports. Maybe we go in demonstration sport and say we went to the Olympics, even though it wasn't actually a medal- acceptable one. So, there was gliding in 36. There was roller hockey in 92. Gliding's kind of cool. Surf life-saving in 1900. Seriously. There was motorsport in 1900. There was bowling in 88. So, I went to high school with a guy- Aussie rules in 56. I went to high school with a guy who was
1: in the Australian-European handball team.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: And he was good, but- you know, as an 18 year old he played for the Australian team. so I think that's I think you're right in suggesting that as a possible, but he was like six foot five, pretty tall and he sort of big shoulders. That's the kind of look you go for. you either a you know they're sort of like failed volleyballers who play European handball. they're just sort of big guys who can throw hard. Um, so if
0: you're giving one of those inspirational sports at a school as gold medalists you'd say look, guys, to be fair. Mm -hmm. I'm a big guy with broad shoulders who can throw hard. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) counts most of you out.
1: (laughs) Start looking at shooting. So, should I talk you through the winter sports? Yeah. So, I think winter sports, you're right. I think curling is definitely doable, but you need to purchase the granite, purchase the broom, purchase those little slippy slippers that they slide around on. I actually think sliding around on those things is
0: half the skill. I think you're right. And not just going- You'll be surprised, actually, how few winter sports there are. Yeah. I'll read them out to you. Figure skating. Nope. Speed skating. No. Short track speed skating. Well, Bradbury crew (laughs) proves that that's actually doable. Joking.
1: Nothing but respect for Bradbury. Nothing but respect. Still makes makes me cry with joy watching that.
0: Uh, Never has peroxide hair looked so good. Ice hockey. Nope. Curling. Maybe. Maybe. Cross country skiing.
1: No, those guys are freaks.
0: Alpine skiing. Same. Nordic combined. Is that basically where you do cross country skiing and shooting? That's a weird uh, sport. I think that's the biathlon. Who ever thought of that combination? Like, let's do shooting and cross country skiing. It's an odd thing. It's almost a primal sport, yeah. which is like, let's go skiing for food and kill and shoot a moose or an elk. Yeah, And then ski back with its carcass yeah. over its, over our shoulders.
1: Let's have a sport that improves our ability to survive <laughs> <laughs>
0: by practising it. <laughs> the hunter and gatherer's sports of the winter games.
1: But I love it because, you know, you're skiing your heart out. You got frozen saliva dripping down your face. And then they go, okay, stop, lie down on the ground, get your heart rate under control
0: and shoot at some little target. Squeeze the trigger. Yeah, Yeah. Snowboarding. Biathlon. Yep, that's what we Luge. Doing it's doable. Bobsleigh. No, it big quads. And last one was, they call it Skeleton. Skeleton. What did I say? Skill- skillion. Skillion, yeah. yeah skeleton. skeleton. Yep. Okay, my bad. And discontinued sports, which is one, it was called the biathlon or military patrol, <laughs> which does actually sound a bit like <laughs> the shooting and skiing, doesn't it? That's the biathlon. What that? Nah. Well, it's been canned. No, surely not. Apparently so.
1: As you said, the the sports are few, but there are a few disciplines within those sports. I mean, you've got different lengths in the skating and, and skiing disciplines, obviously. And the oh, did you put aerial skiing down there? Because freestyle aerial, whatever they call it, and mogul skiing. Oh, I just said skiing, I suppose. Yeah, right?
0: freestyle skiing.
1: Yeah. Those guys are barely skis. They're just basically gymnasts who are put on the skis, but- Obviously big respect to them, they do some amazing things. But um I think they're our best bets curling. So I got shooting curling, and I think that brings us to the Paralympics. <laughs>
0: where we could be the, You would basically what? Get deliberately get yourself in a chainsaw accident to qualify. Yeah.
1: There are easy ways. So, there's the- oh, Mate, bike- <laughs> no, don't. There's
0: a bike riding
1: for the-, for the blind where you are on a tandem bike. Oh,
0: okay. Sorry. I thought you were going to be really inappropriate there. Okay. So, you'd be the support, the-, yeah, so you're the, the team member.
1: You're the eyes for the blind person on the tandem bike. Oh, yeah. Yep. Or you are the eyes for the blind skier in the Winter Paralympics. So, you're sort of telling them where to turn. And you're skiing. I think they ski down in front of them and say left, right, left, right or something.
0: It's going to sound really inappropriate, but wouldn't it be even easier than curling is being the seeing team member in the curling?
1: Yeah, I don't know. if <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on, <hey? laughs> So, he's going to say, <laughs> yep, let it go now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you were to wear those moccasins still and try and stand upright. Yeah, that's
1: as I said, that is- I'm not joking. I reckon that's half the skill of curling. It's not falling over. Yeah, yeah. On those little slippers. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> what happens next for Olympics, I think, you know, tough times. I think they're going to struggle to get the TV rights. I think networks aren't going to pay as big, big money as they used to. You just have to look at Sochi, what a disaster that was. For the Winter Olympics and Rio wasn't really ever properly finished, I don't think. It was a bit of a disaster. And now all these, for a country which has such disparity between the wealthy and the poor people, they looked at it and going, why are we spending all this money when we don't have enough to eat? And then less than a year later, they just got like ghost towns where these multi-billion dollar stadiums were thrown up in a few years ago. Oh, there
0: are multiple collages online or YouTube videos which are basically just documenting these white elephants of stadiums that have just been abandoned, like, in Greece and Russia. Mm. These multi-million dollar stadiums. Like, it's embarrassing. They're just like- It's like a scene out of a zombie film or out of that Will Smith film, I Am Legend. Like- totally and utterly abandoned and and also not like not even Eastern European cities that don't have as much money or in this case Rio but European, Western European cities like in Greece for example, like the Athens Games, the photographs that document where like how the the various watercourse sports ended up and the tennis courts like it's a really sad sight. And I think that
1: a lot of countries will be reluctant to bid for them purely from an economic point of view. There'll still be a little bit of prestige and whatnot, but I think a lot of it is the glamour of it has, has, has died off a bit. It's definitely tainted, and I think that the way the whole Paris and LA awarding of the games
0: went down was very sort of lackadaisical. And I also think that we're united in this world now in different ways. Like, for example, social media has united people, modern communications, digital technology has united the world in different ways. Back in the day when you tuned tune to the 4x3 CRT TV and you'd see this opening ceremony by a unique culture and you would feel if the world has come together in a moment of peace despite war or financial hardship or crippling droughts in Sudan or somewhere. That stuff we kind of see almost on a minute-by-minute minute basis through Twitter or the news today. Yeah. And the idea of coming together every four years as the world, I don't think is as important because we kind of do that daily now. Yeah, and I think
1: that's right. And also the just from a pure sort of sport broadcasting level, there's so much amazing content available all year round in high definition, high-level sports, on-demand, all the great – top football leagues of the world or the great american sports leagues for example that have great content all the time on demand you can watch all that why would you tune in at some obscure time at three in the morning to watch an australian go around in the you know the ro- the road race of the cycling for four hours
0: well that's the other elephant in the room is that sport in the current climate is fantastic because it's piracy-proof in that it has an immediacy to it. But the games are being played in northern and southern hemispheres, so you're automatically ruling out half the world above or below the equator and then half the world on the other side vertically, which means it doesn't actually become a accessible sport. It's like if you're a football soccer tragic in Australia trying to watch the Premier League in the UK, you've got to be pretty freaking committed to get up at 2, 3 in the morning to watch Arsenal play or Man U. Yeah. And the games are the same. It's like unless it's being played in your time zone. Yeah. And isn't that the whole problem with the US, for example? Like if the games aren't being played in the time zone that suits the biggest, wealthiest Western country in the world, then suddenly they lose a lot of their sheen. Yep. Or shine. I think the soccer World Cup is a better investment if your
1: country's in it because you're committed to three games in the group stages. So I think when we made the World Cup back in Germany, the the Croatia game I think started at four thirty in the morning, and I'm sure you weren't you and I weren't alone in meeting a bunch of friends at a pub at four o'clock in the morning to watch that game before work,
0: and that was perfect. Because- or staying up all night. But um, it was perfect because you actually go, could go to bed, get some sleep, watch the game in the morning, and still get to work at a reasonable time. Yeah. It was perfect.
1: And you knew that you were only going to have to do it three times. But then we actually did better than expected, made it through the next round, so we actually got to watch another game. But, yeah, the Olympics is just like, do you really care that much to if it's in the bad time zone? I remember Kerry Packer, who, who used to own the, the Nine Network, he would never bother bidding for the Olympics. And he was quite happy to let Channel 7 bid, the bid for the Olympics because they were more expensive. He'd always bid for the Commonwealth Games, which were a lot cheaper and just had Australians winning 100 medals and used to rate its ass off because Australians will watch anything where we're winning. So, it was he would always just get the Commonwealth Games because after all, like, uh, who cares if we're beating Norfolk Island and Jersey in the Lawn Bowls, at least we get a, they chalk it up for another medal.
0: Yeah, but winning. Yeah. All right. So, then to tie a bow on our our predictions as to what we could possibly do if we applied ourselves tomorrow, it comes down between the winter and summer games. It comes down to curling, dressage, and shooting. I think curling's out because it's a team
1: sport and we'll need to find- four other Australians who can stand up in those little slippers and not
0: fall over. If we go to a trivia night, if we can find a few drunk guys that can kind of walk to the urinal and stand up straight, that's half our team. Yeah. We're set. And get us-
1: get Polish up the floor with a house brick and slide it along and see how we go. Totally. All right.
0: Done. Put a bow on that bastard and put it to bed. Bring me that shiny green and gold tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Here's some bonus content for the subscribers to the podcast. Not available to the once-only listeners. This is for our subscribers only. This is my chocks, It's chocks Round of the Day. It's on the theme that just discussed being Olympic sports. And unfortunately, being an Australian citizen, I have to put up with a lot of hype pretty much since I was a child about our nation's prowess at swimming. We were force-fed breakfast cereals, um, muesli bars, bread, milo, all sorts of food, bananas from a young age, which were all advertised by smiley, geeky swimmers. And that continues to this day. Probably less so on the advertising front, but they're still regarded as national heroes and role models for the sole reason that they can... Propel themselves through a body of water Faster than an American Which is pretty much our only competition in swimming There was one Dutch guy Pierre Van Hoogenband or someone Who was quite good The odds Safa have been quite good at swimming And there was some drug induced Chinese guys who could Mix it with us But pretty much it's been Australia versus America For as long as I can remember in swimming And I'm talking I can remember back to 84 Olympics in LA When I was in year one at school so, I just- Talking about Olympic sports, it shouldn't be there, which is basically what I'm ranting about. Here's your beer. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Biggins. Sorry, sorry, mate. I'm just- This is my bonus content I'm just doing now. All right. Swimming is a- It's a good skill to have if you live near water or if you have to cross a river on a regular basis or in case you ever fall into a river or something. But it's, a lot of the world lives- nowhere near a body of water that requires it to be swum in. But swim- uh, running is a fairly basic human skill and the ability to run away from predators or run, a- run towards something that, that, that is needed for survival is a fairly primitively basic skill. And I think that's probably where running has derived its popularity from an Olympic perspective.
0: Well, I think running is just accessible. Yeah, it's like, like how basketball is popular in certain parts of the world. Yeah. Which are very urban, have concrete, they're highly <laughs> condensed. Yeah. And other places, they have more space. Yeah. Whether there's grass or dirt, can play soccer because yeah. they've got more people, there's more space to play the game. Yeah. It's like, for example, also look at those cliched sports, for example, that say China excels at like highly congested areas and they're playing table tennis. Badminton. Not golf. You know, like it, it just comes down to resources, geography, mm. and what you can make the most of.
1: So running, you've got 100, 200, 400, 800, 1500, 10,000. And what's our chat here? This is just my rant about ah. why swimming should is overrated. <laughs> oh, <hang laughs> 100. Hand in on hand, really? Yeah. 100. Is it, is this is a thing. This is bonus content. If I was made head of the Olympics tomorrow, it would be bye bye, breaststroke. Bye bye, butterfly. Bye bye, backstroke. Bye bye, medley. Bye bye, medley relay. So I've just wiped out half the swimming program, which can be put that baby to bed in three days instead of a week, which it normally takes in the Olympics. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Olympics is all about faster, further, stronger, higher. Or something like that. Oh, so you're saying that- fastest going backwards, fastest doing (laughs) some goofy thing with your arms, fastest doing some very awkward, but which is much more slower than the other way of doing it.
0: So, you're basically saying what happens next if the Olympics reconfigured is that you're drawing an analogy between, say, breaststroke being the same as jogging. Yeah. But isn't there that with, say, walking? Yeah, I'd get pissed walking off as well. (laughs) So, you're saying that any sport that puts the handbrake on excellence (laughs) (laughs) should be pulled.
1: Walking was once described very appropriately as like a contest to see who can whisper
0: the loudest. What's the point of that? That's a great analogy. Yeah. All right. So, if you want to take out the sports where you're deliberately, figuratively, tying someone's hand behind their back, that takes out- Walking, it takes out breaststroke, takes out backstroke. Butterfly. Takes out butterfly because butterfly is slower than freestyle, right? Yep. All right. Uh, and it takes out the medley where you do all- it take out like all of them, all the diving except the highest one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not talking about art- the artistic ones that are judged
0: for degree of difficulty and shit. I'm just talking about purely fastest, furthest- But that logic though, where do you draw the line between, say, the five thousand metres and the marathon? I'm saying that they still
1: can exist because they are legitimate it's a legitimate distance. So the marathon, as you know, was derived from the distance that old mate ran to send a message during the war. I did know that. (laughs) So presumably there's some integral key to the forty-two kilometres, like there is to the five like five thousand is a like, for you to, to be able to run into the city from here, that's 5K. That, that'd be a handy skill to have. But for you to run into the
0: city on one leg hopping, who cares? Like, do you really want to be able to do that? So, you're basically saying that any sport where you hobble the athlete doesn't count. So, if you were- be- Yeah, okay. If you're hopping, that's unnecessary impediment yeah. to speed. We all want to see Usain Bolt
1: run the 100 metres the fastest. We don't really care who can run the hundred meters the fastest on one leg hopping.
0: By definition, though, doesn't that mean that therefore you should include drugs and have, say, a non-drug-free <laughs> game? No, I'm
1: just—I'm trying to keep drugs
0: out of it. I'm just trying
1: to cut out all the bullshit sports that have evolved over time and shouldn't be there. Okay. from a pure aesthetically Olympic virtuous perspective.
0: Can I segue you there, though, just to follow that kind of passion to see fastest, strongest, best? Isn't there a perverse part of you that love to see the drug games? Mm. Where basically- I
1: I think there should be.
0: So, what happens next? If you legalised anabolic steroids and various enhancements, right, if you put your Lance Armstrongs, your Ben Johnsons, one and two sprinters in a- game which allows drugs so people have a window. What you're basically saying is it's like the difference between amateur boxing and professional boxing. You're saying in this world over here, you can go crazy and inject or inhale or swallow whatever you want. It's kind of like that obsession with looking at awful imagery on YouTube or like... Looking at freak show pictures or something. You basically see all these crazy, psychotic, bulked up people. Well, Look at think about those athletes, the Russian uh gymnasts that are on various enhancements. I, I still remember watching the one hundred meter race
1: from Seoul live as a ten year old kid. And I can remember Was that Ben Johnson? Yeah. In eighty eight. Yeah. And I can still remember him on the blocks
0: just with the red
1: eyes. Crouched down. His eyes were red. His shoulders were massive. It was his traps, wasn't it? His, tra- Huge his traps. traps. His traps were massive. And Lewis was a taller, leaner guy anyway, but Johnson just looked like an absolute beast. And this was sort of 88 pre- I mean, we'd had all the sort of East German stuff and the Russian stuff was probably around then as well, but it was more- you know, you
0: hadn't sort of seen the really big footballers or the really big baseballers. We hadn't that seen that get muscle out. definition no. as the norm. Like yeah. you'd see all these like, you know, Anglo white sprinters that had sort of like a tiny bit of bicep and shoulder shape. Yeah. But didn't look that dissimilar to us. Yeah. And if you look back at say footage of Carl Lewis now, you can see like the line in his thigh. But there's not like overwhelming definition in his yeah. arms and so yeah. on. And I remember Johnson was just a ball of trembling muscle. like yeah. and He was he, like a wound up toy. And he won it by a lap. Like, he beat Lewis by five metres. Like, it was over. And he raised his hand, like, about five metres out to, yeah. from the finish line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, it was dominant. And I'm not sure- Like, Usain Bolt's run faster than that. And whether or not he's clean or not or he's just got better drugs, I don't know. But- just on your drug point, I think that if you made it a free for all, the sprinters wouldn't get that much quicker than they're going now. I don't reckon. I reckon they might get to high 9.7s or 9.7 mid or 9.7 flat. I just don't. But I reckon where you'll see the massive spike is in the distance stuff like the, you know, the cycling and the
0: EPO doping. Yeah, or yeah I agree. I'd say that. There are so many people on drugs anyway that are evading. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it only takes a millisecond and sprinting yeah. to make a difference. But physically, that wouldn't change that much.
1: And there's a lot more that can go right or wrong in a sprint in terms of your reaction time to the start. It's all over very quickly. Whereas in, say, a road, a road cycling race, you've got, say, four hours to a 1% increase in your maximum performance for four hours is, can mean- 10 seconds, and that can mean an enormous win, you know.
0: Weirdly, you actually might see massive improvements in these sports where people haven't traditionally doped or enhanced, like judo Mm. or curling. Mm. (laughs) Like the sort of sports where people haven't felt the need, but if given a green light to do it, might go, well, what the hell? Anything might help. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, clearly sort of, you know, weightlifting and stuff is going to have a huge, huge impact on. But, yeah, I agree. Like some of the sort of even like sports where you like shooting, we are talking about before, where you need a steady hand and something to reduce your blood pressure or your calm your nerves, you know. Yeah, you it would like- never
0: necessarily be muscle enhancers. It might be drugs that help you focus. Yeah. yeah. Or it might be muscle relaxants mm. or sort of the sort of drugs that you'd never have sprinters using. But yeah. Could be a massive benefit where a surge in your heart rate yeah. could result in a tremble in your fingers. Mm. So, what happens next is if they bring in those games, I'd say it'd be some sort of perverse streaming service like Vice. It'd yeah. be this kind of, it'd feel like a semi illegal, naughty, it'd be like the adults only of sport because or- there'd be heart attacks with athletes. It'd be like, anabolic steroids or whatever, causing aggro and issues and people would die. Like those um, various body sculpting athletes that die of various issues relating to drugs. There'd be those problems. So, I feel it'd be like a kind of like a naughty cable or streaming service form of sport. Yeah, but it
1: would also be almost a bit like an extension of the X Games. It's like, oh, we're not the Olympics. We're more hardcore. We drink Red Bull and we- skateboard and with also a bit of like MMA, pretty sort of UFC's acceptance. It's almost yeah, yeah. like slightly underground,
0: like we fight in a cage, you know, it's almost like- I think your MMA analogy is perfect because yeah. that's like basically saying we are instinctual, we are raw, we mm. are gloves free, yeah. we are blood, we are the worst of, say, real wrestling mm. and the worst of boxing- But it's like (laughs) literally knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to watch
1: some real boxing, watch boxing. If you want to watch some real wrestling, watch wrestling. But if you want to watch some guys who can do a bit of
0: both and just don't give a shit, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fight club meets boxing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what happens next is there is an opportunity. Goodbye, swimmers. Goodbye, swimmers. Goodbye, any hob Olympic sports. Hello to the drug games. It's a shame because we're quite good at walking as
1: a nation and we're quite good at- We're just sad and we're quite good at swimming, but- The way we
0: can just, like, carve a straight beeline to the bus stop (laughs) is outstanding. (laughs) Without breaking into a trot. The way we can just, like, chase down a wheatgrass shot or head straight for a soy latte three blocks down in a 15-minute window or perhaps try and get to the smoker's corner at lunchtime to try and meet up with our fellow durry- Suckers. Without lifting two heels off the ground at one time.
1: Nice. All right, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. I'm going to go and find a big block of granite and get some curling on. All right. I'll just try and find an
0: old-fashioned, like an iron. You know those <laughs> irons? Those <laughs> yeah, little irons. Yeah. Right.
1: And we can weld it to the top of the granite. That's right. try and push, like, what essentially- Is
0: it granite? What are those things uh, made of? I think it's granite. I think it's like a block of granite. Really? Yeah. It's, right. it's hardcore. Let's head to our nearest Bankstown or Macquarie Park ice skating <laughs> rink and uh, curl cool. some ice. And when they um, when
1: they used to get there, sorry, everyone, get off the ice. The speed skaters only. It'll be everyone off the ice. The curlers are here. <laughs>